Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CEO School podcast. I'm your host, Sanira Madani. And today I have someone, I always say this, I have someone so special for you, but I am so excited for you to meet our next guest, Aditi Shah. Aditi, if you know of her name or if you see her or follow her on Instagram, you may know her as the meditation and yoga instructor in your Peloton in-home studio. She has been practicing meditation and yoga for years. Her story is so incredible. But one of the things that I love most about her is not just what she's doing for Peloton, but truly what she's doing for women everywhere on women's empowerment, as well as for mindfulness, and just her story of how she's using her story and her brand to really elevate everything around her and bring this incredible, incredible tool into our lives every single day. And so I've just been spending the last few minutes here getting to know her and we're like, turn the mics on because I cannot wait, just so that we couldn't wait any longer. Aditi, welcome to CEO School. Thank you so, so much for having me. I I need your, you to intro me everywhere. <laughs> oh, I'll follow you around. I will follow you around. Uh, and you need no introduction. I was actually telling Aditi the first time I've, actually, I've ever actually met you was through the Peloton screen, and you didn't even know that. And I remember, um, you know, just not just on the bike when the other workouts were being announced. And then I saw stuff on yoga and meditation in particular. And I was like, okay, I need this, especially as a CEO, as a mother, as a crazy busy person, we all need mindfulness into our lives. And it's really hard to actually do it. And I think what's really amazing about, you know, just the instructors are having guided meditations and guided practices is like truly changed the game for so many of us that it doesn't come naturally for. And so this tool is, it's part of I want to say it's part of my day-to-day, but I would be lying and I'm a horrible liar. I try to make it part of my day-to-day, but it comes in like all kinds of different forms. But it's definitely something that we all know that is like good for us and we crave more of, and especially in such a chaotic, busy world um, that our minds are never still. And so, you know, coming back to our purpose and coming back to our, you know, um, our hearts and just getting grounded is so important. So you brought that into my world during the pandemic time and you didn't, you don't even know it. And one of the also coolest things was my daughter was passing by and she was like, oh, mom, look, she's so pretty. And you are very beautiful, but I think what you what people may not see that maybe you're listening to this um, in your car or you're watching us online. But Aditi is also a South, a beautiful South Asian woman, and I love that. I get emotional actually when I think about that. When my daughter can identify 
wherever she where, where I want her to I'd see herself in in the media and in you know in in whatever she sees I want her to see herself represented and I remember that moment and so when we were coming up here in New York uh, and I'm so happy to be here this is like the most incredible city always I was I reached out to you and I said Aditi I'd love to interview you and you graciously said yes and you are just as beautiful in person uh, and so I'm so excited to have you thank you so much and thank you for also sharing that because it is. It also makes me emotional. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, so, <laughs> it's so important, though, because I'm sure you and I grew up not seeing ourselves represented. And um, I want that for all of us. I want that for all of us. I don't want sometimes I think we only see, for example, I'll, I'll talk about Broadway growing yeah. up or like Disney growing up. But it was like the only thing that you saw that you could possibly relate to was like Aladdin. And let's say you, that was you like and you were trying to go out for a role like the only place you feel like you might fit is there. And so I think the more we get, we get to see ourselves in different places, it's just so important. It's so, so important. And it is true. I think when I think the we can all like the reason why we're probably getting emotional is you think of yourself like as like that little girl too and like there really yeah. wasn't exactly like totally who's like no coincidence my favorite Disney princess was Jasmine there's only one and she was like still like the lightest whitest Jasmine there that there was but you wanted for other people to also see you as well and so that was like one the one identity I think that we had as like young brown girls um, but it's so important that it needs to be more. And I'm just so excited to hear your story of how you got, you know, just your journey and of meditation and practice, but how it landed you to Peloton and beyond Peloton as well. So tell us a little bit about your background. Well, okay. I don't know where to start, but I'll, <laughs> I'll start with just being a kid. My parents, because my parents are really a part of my story. Um, my parents moved here from India from like tiny little towns like my dad's from a village in Rajasthan like they're not from a city and they moved here and they hustled and um, I always say this that my mom probably doesn't know the word feminist very well but she really was one because when I was growing up she taught me math I'm not joking she would like sit me down and we would do like math together she made me learn how to program when I was in middle school and she always just told me I could do anything my brothers could do she never you know took anything away from me um, or said anything was or wasn't appropriate for me. And today she tells me I can get married if I want or not. I can have kids if I want or not, which I think is not, I feel so blessed because not all brown moms are like that. Yeah. Um, but she's always been that anchor in my life of feeling really just like whole on my own. Um, but one thing I did have growing up also is the occasional yoga class. Um, we would have sort of in a in the way that I think people have in India. Now you have a teacher come to your home and it was a very different kind of yoga than what um, I'm teaching right now at Peloton or what a lot of the studios in New York might be teaching as well. Um, but really, that was my introduction to yoga. I didn't really get into it. I remember I went to like... Um, a Jain camp and a sadhvi like tried to teach us to meditate and I really just couldn't do it. I was a very active kid. I was like climbing trees, just loved playing soccer. I was a runner. I played instruments. I, I was really interested in being creative and I couldn't be still. Um, fast forward to college. I studied math. I thought I was going to work in finance and 
basically after graduating, I quit my very first job. I was like, this is not for me. Um, and that's when I really, I had like sort of rediscovered yoga, but that's when I really started practicing it because it was like such an anchor for me. In the meantime, my parents had also moved back to India, so I didn't have a home in the US. And so I went back to India and it was just like, I needed that anchor, but I wanted it just for myself. And I remember my mom was like, you seem like you're really into this. Why don't you like open a yoga studio or something? And I was like, definitely no, that I'm not interested at all in teaching. I just want it for myself. Um, Obviously, she was right. You're right, mom. Um, <laughs> Moms are always right. You were right. I was wrong. Mother um, knows best. <laughs> but yeah, I I really got into a creative life. I, I was a model and an actor for a long time. It was like my full-time job. And I really loved it. And I still do. But I started teaching a little bit. And it started with me thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I will open a yoga studio when I retire. And so I was like, well, I should start learning. So maybe... I'll do a teacher training or get to know a studio. And one thing led to another and I started teaching a little bit and I wasn't teaching so much, but I was running a teacher training and I was teaching, you know, four or five classes a week. And five or six years ago, I got a DM from Dennis Morton saying, hey, have you heard of Peloton? Um, we're thinking about starting a yoga vertical. Would you be interested in coming in? And so, um, yeah, I auditioned for Peloton along with Anna Greenberg and Kristen McGee, we started the yoga program at Peloton. I remember when I went in, every single person that I did an interview with, I was like, by the way, I love meditation. And every interview that I went to, I followed up my thank you email with, here's a meditation I think you would like, like click on this link. Um, and they were like, okay, fine, I guess we can try meditation. <laughs> so you're like, we're pushing meditation down here. Like they were like curious and I was like, no, we must. Yes. Um, but I love meditation too, and I'm so glad we got to build that out as well. And it's been it's been five years, and it's been an incredible journey. Well, you, that so tell tell them tell me a little bit about that journey, right? So I think we have a lot of, you know, this show is I was telling you earlier, and this is an entrepreneurship show. But I think entrepreneurship comes in so many different forms, even as you're coming into Peloton, and an instructor for like a well-known brand, but you were building that brand alongside the company as well. And like entrepreneurship is also part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And it sounded like you were almost the CEO of this yoga meditation practice that you created. And there's a lot of ownership in that. And I could see that in you of like, you're like, no, we, it was a must and you made it happen. And that, that doesn't, you know, that didn't happen like overnight. So what was that journey like in coming into something that you still have to disrupt, right? There was like a way to go up, like there was something already taking place. I don't know if that's making sense in my question, but I'm sure it was not as easy now to look back and be like, yeah, there's this great whole yoga and all these verticals now, but somebody had to be a pioneer to really like get it off the ground. And it's almost exactly like a startup. That's a really interesting way of putting it. And I think I agree with you in two different ways. First of all, how lucky though to be part of a, something that's already disruptive and already yes. open to yeah. ideas um, like Peloton when I joined. Um, but I think there's two parts to it. And one is like, who are you at your job? Mm -hmm. And how do you create disruption there or take however long you need to move things in a way that you get to have ownership of, you get to shape. Um, and for me, that is, yes, in some part, the program as a whole, but also in some part, it's me at Peloton, right? Like I am in charge of my classes. I am in charge of the, what I teach and what I want people to take away from those classes. And then there's also me outside of work and who I am there. And that's like the other part of the same thing really is like, how can you 
yeah, how can you have ownership of your brand as a as a person on your own, right? Like, especially as a public figure in any capacity or as a teacher in any capacity, how can you have ownership over what you represent, what people take away from you? And that's like really what I thought about a lot is as a teacher and as a human, what do I want people to get from me, mm -hmm. right? And where, I love that question. It's true, though. It's like, what do I want? I want people, and I can answer that question because I put a lot of time and thought into it. And I was like, okay, like these are, why am I teaching this? And what's my purpose here? And is it about me? Is it about Peloton? Is it about the modality? Um, and I think for me, it's like, I really, really, really want, I want to push meditation, but I also, I want people to be well. I love people. I love humans. I think we have so much capacity. I want people to be empowered and free. And that's where I landed was I want people to walk away with 5% more freedom. It's one class. I don't expect like, you know, I don't expect someone to turn their entire life upside down with the meditation, maybe, but also like, I think just knowing that it's like one step at a time also gives me the space to say how can i really create that in every class and then over time create more of an impact um and i think that's a part of also like how you build something right and i'm, I'm sure you know it's like you you have to plan for the long term and know that every day isn't going to feel like you've made so much progress but that's okay um i think you have to think about a few things one one thing that i say and i can look back at my life and certainly say is i think you can reinvent yourself as many times as you yes, want. Yes, yes. We need to hear this as women, by the way. You are not stuck in any box, even the one that you've you've created for yourself. That's exactly the thing is we get stuck in our own boxes, yes. right? And we get stuck in believing like, well, I, this was my plan and or this is who I am supposed to be and therefore I must behave this way. Um, and well, that's what meditation is. I was just saying, you know, as, I, as we were talking about, I love mindfulness because I see it I also spend a lot of time thinking about like, why do I love like being creative? Like what, where, where is this connection? These are two, they seem like different worlds, but they're not. And I think for me, what the link is, is understanding that it's about storytelling and humanity. And at the end of the day, mindfulness allows us to look at the threads of what's like the threads of our lives, like the stories that we tell ourselves or the stories that we unknowingly believe because that's how we were raised or the stories that other people have put upon us. And then to sort of sit with them and to say, is this true? And do I want this? And can I rewrite my story? And maybe it's like that same box that we said, oh, I'm in this box. And then it gives you the chance to reinvent yourself or to have more space to just choose how you want to live your life. And to me, that's freedom. And that's really where all of this comes from, like full circle. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really big part of anything you want to do in life is giving yourself the space to really do that. And an another thing that's super important, and I'm sure you also know this one, is like, I'm sure you've experienced this as we all have, that it's so important to give yourself space to grow. And by that, I mean fail. <laughs> by that, I mean like we're all going to fall down in life, but it's a lot heavier to get back up if you're carrying like all your guilt and shame with you. You have yeah. to like give yourself the space to be like, I'm a human being. It's okay. And I'm going to move forward. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to move forward. And that's like another, that's something we can practice with meditation every single day. When you get distracted, instead of beating yourself up, you can just go back to your meditation. You know, and that's, I just think it's like such, I think it's the most bang for your buck you can get. <laughs> it is. Meditation is dope, right? That's what yeah. we were saying yeah. earlier. It needs to go on a t-shirt on your brand. I yeah. think meditation <laughs> is dope. 
Um, oh my God, where have you been all my life? Because this, I mean, I feel, I really do feel like this is going to be this. I think the conversation is going to go a little different than initially how I had envisioned it in my head. And it's going to be even better because I think you are so right. It's everything that you were saying right now, the word that was calling out to me was freedom. And that's something that I speak about so often that all of this is not for anything. Like, why are we building the companies that we're building? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? It's for freedom. And whatever that freedom looks like, whether it's freedom of, of dollar, whether it's freedom of time, freedom of impact, freedom of influence, it freedom is like this core component of this, like this thing that we have as humans in anything that we do. And I love that you said that you were allowed to give yours like to to reinvent. Because I think my entire, and I think about, I'm going to share my journey. I think that I've been put in, like, my entire career, I was, like, told what I should be doing. Even as the success was coming, even as I was going, first I was, like, advocating and fighting for myself to say, just pay attention. I know what I'm building is going to be successful. Nobody wanted to pay attention. And then as soon as anybody saw, like, a whim of success, there was a million people standing in line telling me how I should be running all the things. And when you are, when you are not like strong in your own identity and you don't like and you don't have your like the confidence and that like I wish I had these tools earlier to be secure in not only who I was but where I was going and asking myself the the why questions like what is it that I actually want right who is it that I want to be right what is it that I'm going to stand for what is that message that I want other people to take from me in this world and I didn't ask myself those things then and everything was coming and and I, I give myself grace, of course, I it's part of the process, but I feel like I was living this, I was in this system that everybody expected me to be in the system. So it was like, okay, let's go raise more capital. Let's go do the next thing. Let's do the next thing. Let's do the next thing. But it was all of these shoulds versus the ask of what I actually really wanted in the first place. And I look back at the last decade and I have like, and it really, it really happened for me um, a year ago, or like a, a little, a year and a half ago, um, when we did our Series D funding for my company, and that was when we achieved like the big unicorn status. It was you know valued at over a billion. We had a really big, just like this huge, like you know all the investor, like everybody was there. We had this huge unicorn part, like all the things, like we were gearing up for this moment, this big announcement, and like everybody showed up. All the things happened. All the things like whatever, and within like the next week, it was gone and it was done. And I felt the emptiest and like the loneliest like I had ever felt that this whole thing that I had been achieving for, doing, growing, sacrificing so much for that moment. And that moment came and went. And immediately thereafter, there was a new set of papers that were set in front of me of like this next year, it's going to be at 1.6. And I knew in that moment, I'm like, I can't sit here another day because that's not what I want. Like I, for the first time I was like, what do I actually really want? And what happens when you actually like, like aim for the moon and you land, you know? And did I even want to be here? And, and, and I, I don't take back, like I wouldn't change my journey. And there, there's of course so many lessons from it and I would not change it for one second. But I wish I had asked myself those exact questions that you're, that you asked yourself of who is it that I want to be? Who is it that I want to be known for? And I took this sabbatical and like took my family for like the first vacation. Like my daughters like were born into this business. And like we like took this like month long, you know, vacation to Europe. And I like really just was present 
and asking myself those questions. And I came back and I knew that I couldn't work another day like for what this what this company was going to be, even though I created it. And it was the hardest journey over the last two years to like exit myself out of the business, let go of that identity of who I was and reinvent myself for who I want to be today. And so that really just makes me feel all the feels. I love that. Because it's so true and we are totally allowed, even at the highest level of success, to say, that's not what I want. I want to change. It's okay. I feel like not that it was a failure, but in some part it's I want to be somebody else. And I don't just want that on my resume. And I want to be known for something greater. So thank you. I'm so proud of you. I I think that we need we need examples like you. Like we all, when you do that for yourself, it gives the rest of everyone who's listening permission. Like it really does. I think it's so important. It's so hard. It's terrifying because you're taking a leap without really knowing where you're going to land. And it's true. Like it's, you have to be okay with that fear, right? It's like, and that is a really, really, really hard thing to do. It takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of power. And that's very cool. Well, thank you. But I think mindfulness, I think one of the things that like the reinventing and, but you were saying all that baggage, right? All of that weight. There is a lot of that for us, especially as women. I feel like we carry an additional level of weight. Yes, because I think we have the expectations of other people upon Mm. us. It's like, I I think that what we can do for ourselves is free ourselves of that baggage because we have to deal with our own anyway. But I think it's really helpful to, and I think it takes time. And another word for this is boundaries, but it's like knowing who to turn the volume up on and who to turn the volume down on. Because sometimes you're going to see a path for yourself that other people do not understand. And it doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong. It's just maybe they're not the right person to listen to right now. Or maybe they don't like, I think about my parents also. Ultimately, you know, my parents want nothing but for me to be well and for me to be happy, but they also came from a different world. Mm -hmm. And so it took a lot of like, co-creation for us to get to the relationship that we have now where they're like you know super cool and and really progressive and all all, like I won't get into my parents my relationship with my parents but I think it's like it's the willingness to to really take a risk on yourself um yeah I love it what are some of the tools like because there is it's that expectation too right and especially as South Asian women I would say like the just the there's already so much pressure everywhere for us as women like we have so much baggage to carry for everyone it is so hard the world is not designed right now for us to succeed i think that we are now finally like we were having some amazing power like the most powerful conversations today in this room and if you guys have not caught up on this last series of episodes definitely go back and listen to the conversations that we've had here in new york because it is our time. Like I do feel like the time is now. Oh my God. Absolutely. And the conversations are just different. And we're claiming it back and we're saying this is not how it needs to be. And we're protecting ourselves in every which way. So what like with what you do with mindfulness and just all the work that you've done, what are some tools that we can carry with us that are just more practical, maybe? Or how can we incorporate this so it does we have a place that we can go to be grounded and to just give ourselves that grace. So there's a few different things that come up for me here. Um, And one of them is is related to what you were were saying when you were talking about your story, um, which is, 
about, you know, step when you step when you're stepping away, it doesn't negate the fact that you did that, right? And I think that sometimes as women, we're very much like, oh no, like, you know, like someone gives you a compliment and you're like, like, yeah. no, yeah, no, oh my God, me, no. And no, like, I think that we need to really learn to lean into and own what we have like accomplished, especially as our dreams evolve, right? Your dream might be in one place and then you accomplish that and it gets a little bigger and then you have a next like goal. That doesn't mean you still didn't achieve this goal. I think when we are able to recognize that we have kept the promises that we've made to ourselves, that we have taken those first steps, we start to build our own power. The other thing, and this is really related to mindfulness, I think the best thing that we can do for ourselves is make friends with ourselves. Like I think that a lot of us go through life and our li- in our life stories, we're not our we're not the protagonists. Somehow we end up as like the person that's always getting the shit out of the stick, or yeah. like always like, oh well, you need to do this better, or whatever it is, you know. And so I think what we can really do is, and it sounds so trite, but like, how do you get to a place where you think about yourself or treat yourself the way you would a friend, or at least have the the space to recognize when you're not, and then be like, actually, wait, hold up, like, how am I? behaving because when we do that all of a sudden there's just more possibilities that open up you know um if our friend if if our friend were to be like i need to make a big life change we'd be like oh here are all the ways that we can make this work whereas i think if it's ourselves we kind of beat ourselves up a little bit actually there's a i'll tell this story and it's not an original one um it's a mind it's a mindfulness story but I actually, okay, I'll tell you my version of it, which is that my family is a big hiking family. And when I was growing up, um, we went on this hike in the Adirondacks and my older brother's like 12 and a half years older than me. So I was was really, really little. I was like six. And um, it was one of those hikes where you go up and you come down the same path. You go up to a view and then, and there's like a lake and then you come back down the same way. And so we went all the way up. We're like sitting and having lunch. It's my my parents, me, my little brother, and my older brother. Older brother's like, you know what? There's a lot of different paths here. Maybe I'll just like wander a little bit and see if there's a different path so we could take a different way down and be more interesting. My dad's like, no, please don't. He's scared of heights. My mom is like, go, go explore. My older brother disappears. Like literally, we spent hours waiting for him. He disappears. We cannot find him. The sun is going to go down, so we have to go down. We tell the rangers, et cetera, et cetera. We're on the car. We're in the car on the way back to the hotel. My dad looks at my mom and says, "This is your fault. You're a bad mom." Oh my goodness. Okay, that's not the truth. But would we be surprised if my mom thought that to herself? Like, this is my fault. I'm a bad mom. And that's kind of like the difference. Like we would never let a friend or a partner say that to us, but we say that to ourselves all the time. By the way, this is a true story. My brother is fine. He actually like slipped, fell and got rescued by mountain climbers and he's totally fine. But I think that's like the truth of it. That's how we treat ourselves. That's our inner voices a lot of the time. And we need to be able to take ownership of that and and change that and have a more compassionate voice because at the end of the day, we're going to get a lot further with compassion. And I'm not saying compassion, like always going easy on yourself, but I'm saying like compassion in the way that somebody who loves you believes in you enough to help you reach your goals. And that's, that's what I think mindfulness can offer. Oh my God, I, I love that. And it was such like a oh, great way to frame it because you totally had me there for a second. So my dad is a sweetheart. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness, what the hell? <laughs> no, and I'm so glad your brother is okay, but it, you're right, that is that is how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. That is absolutely how we talk to ourselves. You know, what are some, you know, tell me a little bit about, so a person that I look up to that I'm like, okay, she's got it all figured out from like a routine and you're like, your practice. I mean, how can like, 
Like, tell me a little bit about your routine. Oh, me? Yeah, oh, you, I was you, like, you. You're like a person I look up to. I was like, yes, oh, who is you, it? you, Aditi, you. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Okay, I do not have it all figured out. We'll start with that. Um, let's, let's start there because I do think that's so funny and I, I know that nobody has it all figured out, but we still always think that grass is greener on the other side for everyone having everything figured out. Of course. We're all figuring it out. No, we're all figuring it out. Absolutely. Um, I think there's, okay, another, a few things that come up, but the number one thing is that I don't, I'm a meditation teacher, yes, but I don't think that balance is what I'm striving for. Mm. What I'm interested in is my priorities. I think what we all can do is prioritize. Because if there is something- That is what I say as CEO every day. <laughs> yes, I think, well, exactly. I'm like, if there's something you care about, then you should prioritize it. And it might not mean balance, but it might still, if it feels like it is giving something to you because it is leading you where you want to go or giving you something that you want personally or professionally, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, and so that's, how I try to live my life, which is not to say that it's not chaotic sometimes, but that's that's pretty much that's pretty much where where I'm where I'm working. <laughs> we definitely don't believe in balance here either. There's no such thing as yeah. like even work life balance. I mean, it's all about integration. And truly, I love that you said it's priority. Um, we call it focus, and it's like the things that we just these are the things that are important, and so everything else. And it's you're right. It's those boundaries. It's being able to say no to the other things. Um, but it's so great. I mean, this has been such an incredible conversation. I could sit here and talk to you for like forever. Um, but, you know, how do you like how do you get yourself like ready for the job every day? Right. So like every day you show up, you've got a million things going on. You're an ambassador for Puma. You're you have your own personal brand. And that itself is entrepreneurship, by the way. Entrepreneurship looks different every single day. And I think that's what's so exciting about this time that we're in is that we all have a story and a voice and we need to use it. We should use it for what is it that we want to make an impact on in this world and each of us can have that impact. And so you do that every day. How do you um, show up every day into the world? What is part of your daily routine? I have a lot of early classes. So I'll okay. start by saying that I am a morning person. Do you teach live? I teach I teach 90% of our classes are live streamed. Some of them have members in them. Yeah. Some of them don't. Um, but for example, today is Monday and I woke up at 5.30 and taught a class at 7.30 with members in it. Um, but it's one of my favorite, actually favorite stacks to teach. We started with a morning meditation and then had a like a yoga class afterwards. I love my, I will wake up extra early to have time to myself in the morning. I think it's really important to figure out what that looks like for you. But for me, it's waking up I like to make my bed every morning. Yeah. I, it makes me feel good to make my bed, get a little sunshine. I drink lemon water. I drink coffee. I make my coffee at home. And that those are things that I sit on my couch and I like play the Wordle or whatever before I check my phone. And those are just the little things that help me feel grounded before. And it's so simple. But before I, I move into my day. And um, I really think that meditation for me is a morning thing. And I think the easiest way for a lot of people to get into that is habit stacking, right? Like you brush your teeth every day. So whatever you're doing every day, you can just stack that on and it's five or 10 minutes. But having time to be quiet when the world is quiet and to be centered and to feel anchored is really helpful because as the day becomes more chaotic or hectic and you're running around, you can almost sort of go back to that place. Um, 
that's like a daily thing. I also really though believe in seasons. I think that there are times when things are going to be crazy and there are times when you have to be able to hibernate a little bit. You know, you have to be able to recharge. So that's like another, I mean, I guess that's kind of coming for all of us right now with the holidays coming up, but yeah. No, but I, I love the the concept of seasons. It is it is part of, I, even in business, right? You have quarters, like there are seasons of everything. There are seasons of life and it changes. And I think that that's what we have to allow permission for. When people ask me, I used to get interviewed all the time for like, and, and it's funny, like I asked you that question because I'm genuinely curious as a mindfulness expert, like how you practice mindfulness. But like as a CEO, that's like definitely a question that people like to ask is like, what's your morning routine as CEO? And people would expect for me to be like, I get up at four in the morning and then I do blank and I do blank and I do blank. And there was a season for that. And then I had like babies. And then it was like, and and then it was like, there was a different season where I got up earlier so that I could have my me time and get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then like be with the kids. And then there was a different season of now, like my daughters are both in the same school. Like it is a shit show every morning. Like my only job is to like get them like alive in one piece on time in school. And then when I get to my desk, like I'm a big journal, like I, mm-hmm. I journal mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is my meditation and the way that I'm able to just decompress, prioritize, write. And it's also part of like, when I sit down to meditate, it's so hard for me to stay quiet. So this is like a practice I'm able to kind of like bring together. But I now put my journal like on my laptop. So I don't even have that pressure of like, okay, I didn't get it done in the morning. But like you said, on habit stacking, like when I get to the office, that's the first thing that I do versus like doing anything else. And so it looks different in every season. Is different. Uh, and it goes just goes back to the idea of prioritizing. Like yeah. your daughters are a priority. That's not, yeah. that's like totally, it sounds and like- sleep the- is a priority now. Sleep so is a priority. Sleep yeah. is a priority. I think that that is also, I think that, it just, it changes. Like sleep is such a priority for me now. Uh, and I do feel like that is, that is very, very important. It's life-changing yes. actually. Yes. And so it used to be where I could get up and I'm like, you know what? I'm happy with like that extra hour of sleep if I didn't get that hour of sleep, but it looks different. And I'm so just, I'm excited and inspired again to bring back meditation, um, and grow and, 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 to practice and to really bring that practice in and ask myself those questions on reinvention again. We are all in that, we all have that right to reinvent and to to start over and to figure it out again. And so if it's not, if you're listening to this and you're in that phase of, you know, you're asking yourself like, you know, who is it that I wanna be? Like it is important, especially now in, it's a new year, you know, I think it's a great time to really ask ourselves those questions. So Aditi, thank you so much for bringing that to us today. And I know we're leaving all 50,000 of our listeners right now just like, yes, asking. You have left us inspired to say, who is it that I want to be? So thank you. Absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you. That's so kind. I'm just going to also shameless plug. Yeah. There is an intro to meditation program for anyone that's like, I know, like I do feel like it's difficult sometimes to start when you don't know where to start. So I'm just going to say there's a lot of great teachers, but on Peloton, there is a three-week intro course and it's a easy way to begin. We'll definitely link that into the show notes. Yeah. How can we support you? What's next in your journey or what's ahead? And how can we follow you, support you, and just be all things Aditi? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram yes. at DT22. So I would love, yeah, come say hi. I'm on I'm on all the social media um, platforms on TikTok, on Facebook, but mostly on Instagram. Um, 
I may have some interesting things coming up, but I will share them with you when they're finalized. Okay. Um, but honestly, what I really hope is just that, well, two parts to this. One, I do hope that people meditate. I hope, like, please come to Peloton, take a class. Like, I think there's a month-long free trial. Um, it is a beautiful community, and I love being there. So I would love to see anyone on there. Um, and also, I... I am really interested in, I'm so happy to be on this podcast because I'm interested in how we as women can continue to support one another. So, you know, I'm here for that. And if there's, I'm like, if there's anything that I can ever do to support, Sunira, please let me know. Yeah. And and yeah, well, I just you're definitely, share that. I, I appreciate it. You're definitely a girl's girl. I know we were having conversations about all the things you're supporting, even with you know, investing and, in, you know, women within venture capital. And so just, I think it's just so incredible. We can all do our part to support women. And when, when we absolutely. support women, the world is just a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I had so much fun and I know our listeners really enjoyed this as well. So thank you. And we'll see you next week at the CEO school. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.